0: What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. My name is Matt Lupin. I'm joined by Logan Banker today. And uh, we're just a few days after the first preseason game of the season. The Eagles lost to the Tennessee Titans 27-10. to 10. But um, really in the preseason, the score doesn't matter that much. All that the Eagles are doing is evaluating these players, getting the um, second and third team offenses and defenses out of the field, and seeing if their work in the training camp can translate to real game action. Um, There's a lot of players that did well. There's a lot of players that didn't do so well. So we're going to just touch on who played well and who didn't, and um, kind of what we're looking forward to in the next couple weeks of the preseason. So to start things off, we're going to have a discussion about Nate Sudfeld. Obviously, he did suffer that um, wrist injury which he did undergo a successful surgery for he's expected to, to miss six weeks but when he was on the field he was playing very well football um Dallas Goddard was uh, his favorite target for some time there in the first quarter but he was making great decisions um he did have a couple of bad throws under throwing a receiver but for the most part he was on the money and uh didn't show any um fear throwing it down the field um with that uh, Mark and Michelle touchdown pass. So great progress with Nate Sudfeld, obviously a uh, unfortunate setback with injury, but I think he definitely helped his case to satisfy himself as the number two quarterback behind Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah. Sudfeld had, had a really great night. Um, finished t- uh, 10 of 18, 177 yards and that touchdown. Like you mentioned, um, he really showed great poise. was um, really being able to move the ball around the field, whether it was short passes or the intermediate game and even the deep pass. Um, and he also did this too, without the entire starting offensive line in front of him, and he didn't really have any of the starting receivers. He had Goddard, who he'll be a starter, but he didn't have Alshon Jeffery, Jeffrey. didn't have Deshaun Jackson or Nelson Aguilar. So him being able to put up those numbers, granted the Titans didn't have their entire starting defense, but still I think the Eagles have the advantage there if all the starters play. Um, so I think he did have a great night. And in terms of the injury, it's definitely an unfortunate setback, but w- what is good about it is that he should be back by week three or week four, and this is non-throwing risk. So um, when he gets back, it's not like he's going to have this tightness in his wrist where he's struggling throwing the football or it still lingers on. Once he's back, he'll be fine. Um, Even if they needed him to come back early, I'm sure he could. But it's not like Carson Wentz is going to die on the field within the first three weeks of the season. I know there's um, a lot of talk about the team signing Colin Kaepernick or uh, Sam Bradford even and then a bunch of other guys. But really – with the injury, it's not something too crazy to worry about. Obviously, it's unfortunate he won't continue to get the reps on the field in preseason. Um, but in terms of the injury, it's really not as bad as it could have been. Six weeks is honestly decent compared to really what it could have been.
0: Yeah, they definitely dodged a bullet with that because when he went down, obviously it didn't look good at all. Um, he braced himself by take and what seemed to be a late hit um, from the De- Texans defense or a Titans defense alignment. And um, he kind of braced himself with that arm but it just didn't um really help him that much he couldn't bear all the way with that wrist and end up fracturing but um i did see a report that although um like you might think that's having surgery for a broken bone is troublesome and he's going to miss extra time but actually um surgery is going to help him a lot because it's going to help stabilize the, um the bones in the wrist and really help him get ready to play in the nfl in the next couple of or several weeks and like Logan said, he's going to be back week three or four. So although it is a setback for him and the team, they're going to have to carry another quarterback at this point because it's not necessary, necessarily enough to keep him on the IR. Um, obviously, they're not going to look into releasing him from the team. So um, he's not going to be available if Wentz um, gets banged up a little bit in the first couple weeks. But obviously, nobody's expecting that. It um, should be fine. The offensive line is uh, healthy enough and ready enough to help Wentz, uh stay protected. So really not much to worry about there. But going back to his performance, I really liked how confident he was. Um, obviously, he ha- hasn't had a lot of NFL experience, but he got rid of the ball very quickly. And those throws to Goddard that he had, he was hitting him in stride and within about 10 yards. So he wasn't holding on to the ball too much, which is which is really great to see because you don't want him taking hits like he did. Unfortunately, he did get injured by a hit, but uh, he stayed in the pocket and got the ball out quick, which is really all you ask for out of a quarterback um, trying to create successful um, drives in the offense because he's not holding on to the ball too long. Because a lot of these receivers, you know, they're not Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson that can make space over a long amount of time. You got to get the ball out. And keep the ball moving.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, what I like too about what he did was he wasn't really forcing the ball into a situation where it's there's a chance of a turnover. He was taken what the defense gave him. If someone was open for a three yard pass, he would hit them. But then, like we saw the first play of the game, if he saw JJ Ar- Arthego Whiteside downfield, he he was willing to uh, make the make the throw, even though that pass was incomplete. It was very close to being caught by um, uh, JJ Arthego Whiteside. I'm still never gonna get used to saying Arthego Whiteside instead of Arthego Whiteside, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, he he he's not quite there as being as reliable as Nick Foles, obviously. But in the event Sudfeld had to come on the field and um, rally the troops and put together a good football game, I don't see why he's not capable of doing it. Um, he really he has the accuracy to do it. We've seen in the few times he's had to come in the regular season games, he's been able to score points. Obviously, last year um, when Foles went down for that one series against the Redskins in Week 17. Sudfeld had that um, touchdown drive where he threw the touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. So um, he once Sudfeld comes back healthy, um, the Eagles should be very uh, comfortable with him in terms of if he has to play. So yeah, week one of the preseason was a great start for him. Obviously, unfortunately, he won't be able to play the rest. But I think we've seen enough to know that he's capable of doing what he needs to do if the Eagles have to call upon him.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of questions this offseason. If the Eagles are ready to be... Um make another run at the playoffs because obviously a lot of people are concerned about Carson Wentz's injury history. Logan and I aren't uh, included in that group of people, but you don't have Nick Foles to bail you out again. And there's a lot of people that don't know if Sudfeld is capable of doing the things that Nick, uh, Nick Foles did. And I was really confident um, in what I saw from Sudfeld in week one of the preseason. And I think he's going to come back ready. Obviously he's throwing – Hand is not affected with this injury, so uh, really shouldn't be too much of a setback for him. And he should be back very soon and ready to play some ball. And uh, a couple minutes ago, if you guys might have noticed Logan saying JJ white Whiteside, <laughs> and uh, if you missed it on the report in the game or um, a couple of days before on Twitter, he is actually um, his last name is pronounced Artega Whiteside, it's a uh, Spanish. Uh, accent there because I mean it kind of makes sense when I took Spanish yeah. a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> C's were kind of pronounced like a th. And he basically said to the uh, fans that he understands if you say Arcega, but um, that is how you pronounce his last name. So a uh, little interesting, another interesting tidbit about that very uh, <laughs> versatile receiver. I mean, he speaks a lot of languages. He's a athletic freak on the field. I mean, that catch that Hume is hauled in. Humus became one of the favorite rookies of the Eagles of all time. You know, he uh, <laughs> made a great play on the ball, but uh, just missed it. But I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to the table soon.
1: Yeah, definitely. I took like at least ten years of Spanish too, so I'm honestly disappointed in myself that I didn't notice that his <laughs> name's pronounced like that at first. But um, yeah, I agree. He um he showed good speed getting to that ball, even though he didn't haul on the catch. But the athletic ability is there for him. Um, he really just his size alone. He can clearly move around on the field. And once you get into the red zone, he can outrun a safety and get to the corner. And then if it comes to a jump ball situation, at least half the time he's going to bring it down. If not, make sure it's not intercepted. So he's really a guy that um, you can see the p- uh, potential is there. He's not going to be used in a super big role year one just because it's so crowded um, at the receiver position along with the tight ends. But um, in the future, I could see Ar- our White side developing into – a potential like number one receiver or kind of taking over Alshon Jeffrey's spot. Um, say that day comes where the Eagles decided to go in a different direction from him. Um, and yeah, uh, it'll be good to see what he can do throughout the rest of the preseason. Um, it'll be kind of tougher because he'll be stuck with Cody Kessler and Clay and Thorson. So he won't be having as good a ball as coming his way, even though I do think Kessler's capable of doing more. Um, but I think our white side definitely showed fans, um, at least a glimpse of what he's capable of doing and, um, you can definitely tell the potential is there for him.
0: Yeah, we saw a lot of promise out of him, and he didn't even have a great game. You know, uh, he missed that ball by just a little bit, but it just shows what he's going to bring to this team. A really electrifying player. As Logan said, he could do it um, down the field and in the red zone. The red zone is really his, what are he, where he is really going to thrive. We've seen a lot of reports in training camp saying that he's, you know, doing super well in the red zone. And the Eagles are just throwing all their weapons out there, and it's going to be super hard to defend. But staying at the wide receiver group, Mark and Michelle caught that seventy-five-yard touchdown by Nate Sudfeld. It was on the money—one of the best throws I've seen from Sudfeld—and really great to see that Mark and Michelle um, caught that ball. And not only that, but he beat Adoree Jackson on that play, and uh, he's a starting cornerback for the Titans. And not only that, but. He's not just a cornerback back when he was with USC, he was pretty much just listed as an athlete. I mean, he was kick returning, punt returning, cornerback, um, just an offensive weapon as well. So you know he's got some speed and Mark and Michelle outran him and scored the touchdown. A guy that's fighting for a roster spot if the Eagles decided um take five, or pick uh six receivers to keep on the roster. So it's excellent to see that he caught that ball and is helping himself um better make the team whereas players like greg ward who we talked about in a previous podcast didn't really do as much as michelle so he's kind of separating himself really in the preseason to make a spot on the roster
1: yeah i've been a big fan of mark michelle since ota's um i mentioned this in a previous podcast he posted those crazy workout videos where he was doing these 45 inch box jumps where i know a lot of people probably came do 20 inch box jumps and he was doing that while holding a 10 pound medicine ball i mean that alone, like, you can see the explosiveness is there. Showed on the field with the uh, 75-yard touchdown. The one thing about him, though, was obviously that play was great. He's so close to um, really being able to solidify a spot on the team, but he had a drop pass, and then he also had a pretty um, unnecessary false start where they are pinned back. I think it was inside the 10 or the 15, and he just flinched and almost fell over, and he got called for a false start. So it's little things like those where he's going to have to clean it up in order to really um, have a good shot at making the team. Uh, But I saw someone make a good point during the game. Mark and Michelle's on the field, uh, catching 75-yard touchdown passes, while Matt Collins can't even get on the field. If Mark and Michelle keeps this up, he's making the team. There's no doubt about it, because he's shown that he's an explosive player, and the Eagles need um, that explosiveness, because in the event anything happens to Deshaun Jackson, knock on wood, it doesn't. They still need something to uh, keep the offense going. It's not like, You don't you don't want it to be where one player goes down on the offense and then you're just kind of screwed. So Mark and Michelle um, definitely had a good first step in the preseason to uh, really solidifying himself in the conversation. Um, He definitely did by far the best out of any of those eight receivers in that group fighting for those spots. But um, I definitely like what I saw from him. But like I said, he does kind of have to clean up it, clean up his play just a little bit to really show himself as a good player to the coaches.
0: Yeah, you mentioned if Deshaun Jackson goes out with an injury and you need an explosive player to fill in, and last year in, um, there was no deep ball receiver after Mike Wallace went down, Nelson Aguilar had to step into that role, and it's kind of hard because Nelson Aguilar isn't the deep ball specialist as um, Mike Wallace or Deshaun Jackson is. You need someone that's definitely specialized in that because not only are you putting someone in there that's not um, fully capable of that role, but you're taking Aguilar away from the slot where he thrives. So it kind of throws off the entire offense because you're downgrading at both positions. So to have somebody that can immediately fill in while keeping Aglor in the slot is going to be perfect because then you're not um, downgrading as much as you would if you're moving all these guys around. You saw what happened in the offense last year, the defense. Um, If you have depth that can cover every single role, then you're not going to suffer as many setbacks with these injuries um, So that's going to be great to see. Obviously, like Logan said, he's got to clean up his play a little bit with the false start and catch him more passes. But, you know, he, he's got more practices to play. He's got more games to play in. So hopefully he can get his act together and uh, score a couple more touchdowns because I think he does have a great shot at making this team. And uh, transitioning over to the offensive linemen, Um, I really liked starting with Andre Dillard, the rookie offensive tackle. I really liked what I saw out of him. He took over at left tackle because obviously they're not going to play Jason Peters. And Dillard played fantastic. There's not a lot to criticize him for. He was great in the pass protection. That's what he's known for. But even the run game, the screen game, he was really good. And there's a lot of promise for him in the future.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just an hour before uh, we're recording this, uh, I wrote an article about Andre Dillard saying how he's pretty much in line to be the next great left tackle in Eagles history, Um all summer long he's been able to take in all this incredible information from jason peters whether it's how to play in the sydney philadelphia how to deal with the fans and all their excitement and then on the field how to become a better run blocker because he knows he needs help there just all the experiences jason peters had in his time he's he's handing it down to um andre dillard to really hand him the keys when that time comes and um yeah we saw in the preseason just how good andre dillard is obviously we knew how good he was but i think um a lot of the fans kind of don't pay as much attention just because it's not the most sexy thing to pay attention to an offensive lineman because he's not scoring touchdowns. He's not making deep passes or anything like that. Um, but you could really see just how rock solid of a player he is. He's phenomenal, ph- uh, excuse me, phenomenal in the passing game and uh, blocking. He very sound, um, sturdy guy. He really can't be beat, whether it's a speed move, a bull rush, any of that. Um, he can't be beat there. And then we saw the improvement in the running game where yeah. – um, he was really able to open up holes, and he was able to cut off defenders to make sure they don't get to the running back. Obviously, the running game didn't do great. Granted, pretty much the entire starting offensive line didn't play, so kind of take it with a grain of salt. But um, we Dillard was great in uh, Week 1 of the preseason. Um, I think it's clear that um, if the Eagles need to use him this year, he's completely ready to do so.
0: Yeah, and just the way he presented himself on the field, he looked like he was stepping into Week 1 against the Redskins At left tackle, he looked like he was ready to go, confident in his play and his preparation. He didn't let uh, the defender behind him at all. If he had to kick him out a couple yards to the side, he did. Um, He did everything that he could to keep the quarterback behind him safe, kept pushing the defensive end back, and um, really holding that pocket intact. And I really liked what I saw out of him. Obviously, he was one of the guys I was going to keep an eye on the most because he is uh, the sought out rookie of the team and you really want to see if he's definitely the guy for the future. And although people thought that he might take a little bit of development and he's going to take the year, off, uh, most of the year off because uh, Jason Peters, but you know, he is ready to play. If Jason Peters goes down with the injury, it's going to be really tough to keep him off the field and um, replace uh, big V who was there last year at left tackle when he had to fill in and, The other night we saw Big V playing right guard where he's expected to play week one if Brandon Brooks is not ready to go, and I think he did pretty well. Um, He's not really a guy that uh, really flourished in the NFL yet. Obviously, he helped the Eagles with the Super Bowl run at uh, left tackle, but he's been thrown around the offensive line. Now he's shifting inside to the guard position, and he did pretty well. I was impressed. Um, Didn't really know what to expect out of him changing to a different position on the offensive line, but... I'm confident that he's going to hold that role just fine until Brandon Brooks comes back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing about, um, big V is he, he, the best ability is availability and his ability to play left tackle, right guard, right tackle. Um, it'll open up opportunities for him. He's like you said, he's still a work in progress somewhat, but he, he did a decent job at left tackle in the Super Bowl. Obviously, um, he had there are a few close calls, um, with his blocking. He got kind of destroyed by James Harrison a few times, but, um, he, um, especially being on the right side of the um, ball or on the offensive line, he will have Jason Kelsey there to help him. You'll have um, Lane Johnson help him where he won't be as much on an island. So if you plug in that right guard and you need him to play, you don't have too much to worry about. And on top of that, he did do pretty well in the preseason game. So I think in the event that happens, um, there's really nothing to worry about with Big B. Another uh, offensive line I, I was pretty interested in with his play was um, Jordan Mylott. Obviously, he's the big spectacle of the guy who never played football before, uh, the rugby star, and the Eagles drafted him in the seventh round. Um, At first, he got up to a pretty brutal start in the preseason game. He got beat a few times. He kind of cleaned it up, though. He did, all in all, he had a pretty good night. I think the coaching staff should be pretty excited uh, about what they saw from him because it's kind of like that development and is slowly starting to come there, and he's finally starting to realize what it takes on the football field to be a good offensive lineman because it's different uh, from being in practice where you're just doing these repetitions on either a bag or even – um, your own teammate, where they're not maybe going as hard. But once you get into a game, it's so much different when you see these players actually trying to beat you. So I think it was a good experience for lotta. I think the fact that he was able to put it together at some point in the game is a great sign for him. He's probably not going to be ready to go this season, I'd say, if they had to call upon him. But um, I think as a developmental project, it finally took that step that people were looking for in week one for uh, joining lotta
0: Yeah, it's going to take a couple of seasons for him to fully... Um, get into his full potential as an NFL player you really don't know what that's going to be yet when he was uh, I guess yeah when he was drafted um, some analysts are saying oh he's he's going to be fantastic and then others were kind of skeptical about him so we're not sure what to expect yet but he's taking great strides hearing pretty good things about him in training camp and then now in that in-game action um, at some points he was iffy but at other points he was very good and there's going to be struggles along the way, like Logan mentioned. He hasn't played American football, um, other than last year. You know, that's when he started. So, you got to give him a break a little bit and let him develop. I know football is a business, and if they have to walk away from him because he's not progressing as quickly as expected, then you know they, you can't really blame them for that. But you know, he's showed enough promise, and if he keeps this up and maybe improves a little bit over time in the preseason, I think the Eagles will be confident in keeping him on a roster spot rather than trying to keep him on the practice squad because we know how risky that is. So I liked what I saw out of him. Obviously there's going to be some bumps in the road, but he played a lot better than I expected because he didn't get very much uh, action at all last season.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, I saw a lot of people during um, training camp. Uh, Obviously everyone does live tweeting during training camp because it's an exciting time. Football's back. Um, But uh, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, the project's over with um, Jordan Mailata because they would say, oh, he got beat on this player, got beat on that play. It's it's definitely time to pump the brakes on that. I said that even back when that was the case because, like you said, Matt, so early on in his career, three years ago he wasn't a football player. And the fact that, let alone he's on an NFL football team, is absolutely remarkable. So there's by no means an expectation that he's going to be ready right away to play. Um, The best thing for him is showing the coaches that he's willing to learn and willing to do what it takes. And I think he's done everything he needs to do so far to show that in their eyes. Um, Even if he gets put on the practice squad, it's not like it's not like a team's going to scoop him up and play him on their 53 man roster, because I think all teams will know he's not quite there yet. Um, Obviously teams do some pretty drastic stuff in drastic times, but um, I think the Eagles may have something in terms of a depth role for my lot in the future. And he, I think I definitely think he will get there when it becomes time to be a good football player, because he's continuing to learn every day. He has great offensive linemen around him, always being able to teach. And he has Lane Johnson. There he has Jason Peters. He has all these guys who not only are trying to do good themselves, but they're trying to help everyone around them. So he's able to soak up this information and um, he's definitely getting there. Um, And I'm looking forward to see what he does in week two, because I think his confidence will definitely be higher after week one, and then hopefully he has a good week in practice, continues to do well, but um, definitely a good sign of progress from him.
0: Yeah, great points there. In the first half of that football game, we saw pretty good things out of this offense, promising players that might not even see the field because they're they're on the the second team offensive unit. So um, really good stuff out of the depth pieces that the Eagles have, some role players. Uh, we mentioned Sudfeld, Goddard, Ortega, Whiteside, Michelle, uh dillard big v and my um logan is there anyone that really stood out to you in a good way on offense
1: um definitely goddard as well i don't know if we mentioned him but um i mean he it's pretty clear by now that he's he's the guy at tight end obviously zackers is there too but it's like hand in hand with those two if you need if you need to throw 15 times a dallas goddard it'll go pretty close to as good as it will if you throw it at Zacherts that many times. So, I mean, it's a preseason game, but he – in what, the one or two drives he played, he averaged 16.7 yards per catch and had 50 yards. So, it's – I mean, Dallas Goddard's he's he's a star in the making. Once um, more opportunities open up for him, he's just going to continue to do more and more. And I don't know how defenses are going to prepare for the tight end position with the Eagles when they have – Zach Ertz, who broke the tight end record for most catches in the single season. And then you have Dallas Carter, who's clearly a guy who can absolutely terrify defenses and just terrorize whether it's a linebacker against him, he's too quick for them or a safety. He's he showed he's too big for a safety. So I mean, not that I was expecting anything less, but obviously Dallas Carter played great in the preseason game.
0: Yeah, he looked unstoppable. Like it looked like, <clears throat> you know, uh, their brain of varsity player down scrimmage against the JV players he just looked bigger faster stronger than everyone and it's not like the Texans or Titan I keep saying Texans Titans defense was uh, a bunch of scrubs out there they had Wesley Woodyard on him for a couple of plays and he's a starting linebacker in the NFL you know Dallas Goddard was putting a lot of great moves on this defense catching the ball in stride getting yards after catch I really liked what I saw out of him and uh, it was also promising to see that he's getting the confidence out of the quarterback and Nate Sudfeld because although it's not Wentz out there throwing to him, Wentz is definitely seeing that you know, he's a great security blanket when um you know the pass rushes come in. You can trust Goddard to catch the ball as he did with uh, Zach Ertz last year. So Wentz has no shortage of, of options on offense, and Dallas Goddard is only going to make it better. And uh, there was a report a few days back that Dallas Goddard came out and said he would be the starting tight end on 29 other football teams. You know, he gave props to Sacker, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, but he said if he was anywhere else, he'd be the starting tight end and he very well could be. He's got a lot of talent. And um, although people might not see it last year or even this year, but I think after this season, he's going to turn a lot of heads and I just hope that he can stay in Philadelphia for uh, after his rookie deal, because I think he might be able to, play himself out of the Eagles price range as a backup tight end but really excited to see him this season and you know there's a lot of buzz around him and rightfully so because we got to see that magic the other night
1: yeah luckily they still have peers with Goddard so there, a lot can happen over that time um I'd be pretty shocked if the Eagles decided to roll with Goddard over Ertz um and obviously uh we kind of harped on this in the past but um it's not like they have a ton of money to hand out in the future because of the Wednesday deal so I'm not really sure if they can give Goddard ten million a year if it comes down to it so for the time being you definitely have to enjoy Goddard um and uh his budding greatness while it lasts um not saying he's leaving not saying he's staying but um it's definitely uh, a situation in the future to look out for and in terms of right now he's actually week to week with an, in- an injury he apparently suffered a calf injury um they're they're just resting him though, so it's not anything crazy to worry about. But we won't really see him for the rest of the preseason. Um, it's just getting him ready for week one against the Redskins. But um yeah, when Cody Kessler comes on the field next week, he won't have um Dallas Goddard to throw to. So in terms of Kessler, um, that's kinda gonna be unfortunate because he won't have a security blanket. So it's gonna put him in even more difficult of a situation. But um in terms of Goddard, yeah. Hopefully hopefully the Eagles can figure out something to do there with him to keep him long term but for now you just have to enjoy him while he's here
0: yeah definitely so we got a lot of coverage on who did well in the offense um now to transition of who really didn't do so well we touched on the running back group a little bit but as a whole the running back group didn't do as well as as expected the Eagles started Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders got some looks with the offense but obviously you can't really judge them that much off that performance because the starting offensive line wasn't out there for them. Obviously guys like Dillard and Big V were playing well for them, but you could just tell the offensive line wasn't making enough holes for Howard and Sanders to work with. Um, Most of their yards were just going for about four or five yards. And um, a lot of people were excited to see these running backs in action because they're getting a lot of hype to be a great dynamic duo this season, but I wouldn't, I would pump the brakes on um, thinking that it's going to be a bust and they're not going to do so well because once they get the full offensive line out there, you know, one of the best in the league, they're going to do very well. But two running backs that I don't think did well, uh, no matter what the circumstances were, were Donald Pumphrey. Um, he really, he's really fighting for a roster spot. He did last year as well. And um, you could tell the first kickoff of the game, he was deep in the end zone, but he took it out because. He has no other chance of making this team unless he tries to make stuff himself. You know, He can't just touch the ball down uh, in the end zone. He's got to try to make it for him. And then that one um, punt return, or kick return, he almost fumbled it away. Obviously, he was down, but he's got to hold on to the ball. And Josh Adams as well. He's on the bubble to make the roster because of the crowded running back group. But in uh, the end of the first half, they were in a two-minute drill. And that was really a great time to see what this offense could do, who's going to stand out, what the offensive line is going to do. And then Josh Adams fumbles it away. So did not bode well for his uh, future with the team. But, you know, there's still time. But I really didn't like what I see, especially out of Josh Adams, because he did have that fumbling issue, and it doesn't look like it has resolved.
1: Yeah, I'd say... The fumble that never was for Donnell Pumphrey and then the fumble for Josh Adams pretty much both guaranteed they'll end up getting cut. Unfortunately, I know um, there was a lot of hope with Adams last year because when he did start at first at running back, he did pretty well. I mean, average more than four yards per carry Um, technically led the team in rushing last season, even though I'd kind of put an asterisk uh, next to that. Um, But yeah, Adams last last year, the reason why the exact reason why he stopped playing as much as he did was because of the fumbles. And to have a fumble like that in the first preseason game, it's kind of the nail on the coffin right there because the team is trying to see that he's moved past that and he's trying to grow. And instead he's still causing turnovers and then, and a team that already has guys like Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders ahead of them. You don't need a guy sitting on the bench there uh, worrying, Oh, if we put him on the field, he's going to fumble. And then you kind of have to roll with Howard and Sanders even more, which then puts them at risk. So it, I don't think you can trust Josh Adams to go on the field and consistently not allow a turnover to happen. Obviously not every time a fumble is your fault, but um, eventually you have to be able to hold on to the ball one way or the other. And it's, I mean, it's pretty clear now. He hasn't really learned from that. Unfortunately um, I would imagine he would get put on the practice squad, um, but I don't think he or Pumphrey will make the 53 man roster. I definitely admire Pumphrey's um, confidence to take that kick out of the end zone. But at the same time, the, te- the coaches want to see that you're a smart football player. They they want to see that you're about the team and not just about yourself. So when Pumphrey's taking the ball seven yards deep and getting tackled short of the 20, they're going to ask what you're doing. And then clearly they-, they got into his head because the next kick, it was like two yards deep in the end zone. He took a knee. So it's kind of a mental game with Pumphrey right now. And um, he, he has time to clean it up, um, but he can't do it. He would – I'm not sure there's anything he could do that would really get him to back on the team. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans will be happy about that because they're sick of seeing guys like Pumphrey and Smallwood on the team. But um, I think in terms of uh, Pumphrey and uh, Adams, it's kind of I think it's kind of done for both of them in terms of making the team.
0: Yeah, and they really had to step up these games because the stakes are super high for them because of Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Corey Clement. Um, he, he's obviously on the bubble, but I think he's definitely – up on the list higher than uh, Smallwood and Adams. And then Darren's roles coming back is almost a guaranteed lock to make the roster. They're not bringing him back to, you know, just cut him. Uh, They want to give him what he deserves and uh, let him retire with the Eagles. But going back to Josh Adams and Donald Humphrey, um, they had to step up. They did have very limited roles in the preseason games, but they had to shine with what they got. And, you know, they tried to. um, Like Logan said with bring out the kickoff but you know maybe too much is uh is not going to help you and Pumphrey did not help himself at all and Josh Adams with that fumble is just not great to see um I don't think he's going to be making the roster I agree with you Logan because there's just so many other options and uh it's kind of unfortunate because I'm not a big fan of Wendell Smallwood at all but you know they just kind of almost if the Eagles decided to keep five running backs they almost secured Wendell Smallwood a roster spot and smallwood didn't do anything fantastic at all but um going forward it's really not much to worry about in the running back group because like i said the offensive line wasn't fully healthy and playing but um as well we got Corey clement coming back Darren Sproles coming back so the group is going to look a lot better once we get into live game action in week one um, but there's still going to be a, that positional battle going forward in week two and the upcoming weeks in the preseason
1: yeah, for sure. Another player that really hurt their case was Matt Pryor, the offensive guard. He, I don't know what he was doing some of the times in his block. And there's one time where he was swinging to be the lead blocker on a run, and he just stopped running, got ran over by the defensive tackle, and then he right right away made the tackle. So I mean, he, Matt Pryor is a guy that the coaches were pretty high on at first. They thought he would be a good swing player where he could maybe back up some at tackle, back up some at guard, be one of those guys where you can plug him and play him in multiple spots. But I think it's most important to be good at least at one spot instead of being pretty below average at both. And that's kind of the case with prior He he just was not effective at all in the running game. And with a performance like his compared to my lotta the coaches have to be thinking himself themselves, themselves why would we keep prior when we have a guy like Milato who has higher potential and is already showing that he's capable of doing better? So Pryor, um, he's one of those guys where I think he can maybe save himself a little bit if he um, picks up his play a little bit um, in the next few preseason games. But that, that week one performance in the preseason was absolutely brutal by him. And uh, he really hurt his stock in that game. But like I said, he does have a little room to grow, but he has to pick it
0: up. Yeah, prior someone that's almost been penciled into almost everybody's 53-man roster prediction just because of his versatility. Like Logan said, he could play tackle, he could play guard, and that's very valuable to the Eagles to have a backup that can do both because then you could only keep one player as opposed to two and kind of save some spots on the roster for other players. But he really didn't help himself at all, like Logan said. uh, His play was just awful, and he had those uh, couple offensive penalties, which is not going to help the team at all. Obviously, Doug Peterson wants to avoid those as much as possible. But when you're doing that and you're on a roster bubble and that's happening in preseason, that's almost going to be an automatic cut because just mental mistakes can't happen. And you got to limit those as much as possible uh, because, you know, the Eagles aren't trying to play sympathy card for anybody on this team. They're building a team that's going to be ready to uh, play in, in the NFL against high level teams and players. You can't keep a guy on your roster if he's just going to hurt the team. So obviously he's someone that the Eagles really liked before and um they drafted him uh, as an eagle, but I just don't think that he's going to, you know, come around as much for them to keep him on the roster this year. Maybe he's going to come around for the practice squad, but I don't know. I just I think he needs more development. He needs to get NFL ready before he makes this roster and it's not going to be this year.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, another guy that I think kind of blew a good opportunity was Clayton Thorson. Um, obviously, once uh, Stuckfeld went down, it was pretty much down to Kessler and Thorson. Eagles took Thorson in the fifth round, so they clearly have some type of confidence in him. But I mean, obviously, you didn't see anything from him. Two of nine, seven yards, an in interception. I mean, yeah. It, in the event uh, Carson Wentz and Nate Suffolk go down, and they have to rely on Um, That's From what we saw in week one, that's a time where he waved the white flag because <laughs> he, he just looked completely uncomfortable in the pocket, um, didn't really seem confident in any of his throws, which is a really big issue because if you're in the NFL, you have to throw into some tight windows, and you have to know that you're, when you're throwing the ball, it's going to be completion, not hope that it's going to be completion or just say, oh, I'm going to throw it because I have to. You have to know that when you throw the ball, it's going to be complete. If it's incomplete, oh well, you move on to the next throw. Whereas with Thorson, was kind of he was just kind of it was almost like he had a mental block saying, "All right, I can't do that, so I have to try to do this." And then it's a continuous process. The coach kind of blamed his performance on nerves, but from what, even what we've seen in practices, it's it's not like this was anything new with him. It's not like he's been killing it in practice and he comes on the field and lays an egg. He's been laying an egg the entire uh, preseason throughout practice and now the first game. So. He had a chance to really show the team that um, in the event Sudfeld were to be out for like a long period of time, which obviously he won't be, but in the event that happened, maybe they keep him. But, I mean, that was a pretty bad performance. He he wasn't throwing to the best receivers, obviously. Didn't have the best offensive line, but he's not going to have that throughout the entire preseason as it is. So, one way or the other, he's going to have to step it up to really prove himself to the coaches. And the coaches can't back him up every week if he keeps going 2 of 9 for 70 yards and a pick. The coaches are eventually eventually going to say, "All right, this guy isn't very good. Like we know that he's not going to be useful for us. A kind of a wasted pick. Um, it's early on, but I mean that was just a really bad performance from Clayton Thorson.
0: I didn't like them drafting Clayton Thorson at all. And there was a report before the draft that the Eagles front office felt that there was a pressure to draft a quarterback every single year going forward because they want to uh, continue to keep capable guys behind Carson Wentz, and you never know what's going to happen, but." I mean, they knew Nate Sudfeld was going to be the guy this year. I don't understand why they wasted a fifth-round pick on a guy like Clayton Thorsten. He wasn't good in college, and um, I feel like there was just a lot of pressure because they were interested in a guy like Easton Stick who played in the same school as Carson Wentz, but he went the pick right before the Eagles. He went to the Chargers, and the Eagles were just like, oh, there goes our guy, so who's the next best? And I, I don't think the pick was really uh, well thought out. And they just kind of picked it because they felt like they had to draft a quarterback. But when you only have five picks in a draft and you come out with a guy that's going two for nine in your first preseason game, then that's not a great decision. They um, hit picks on the money all throughout the draft um, in previous picks, but the Clayton Thorson pick was just bad. And he does not deserve a spot on this team. I don't care what happened with Sudfeld. They can keep Cody Kessler behind him because he's... A lot better than Clayton Thorson and that's saying something so and like I said before with Matt Pryor you're trying to get guys that are ready to play you can't say that it's nerves because uh, you're not going to wait around for these guys obviously a guy like Jordan Mailata is a special case because he never played football before but you can't you know try to keep Clayton Thorson going just because he's nervous to play a football game. You know This is his job now, and he's trying to compete for a roster spot. He can't try to use that card constantly for his bad play because is he really that nervous in training camp to go day in and day out being an awful player? Um, I don't think so. I think he's just not NFL ready, and it wasn't a good pick. Obviously, it's easier to say that now than going uh, off of the judgment back in April, but uh, just a bad performance that capped off his bad training camp so far.
1: Yeah, and if he's nervous in week one of the preseason, what's going to happen if a complete disaster happens and he's starting in the Super Bowl? I mean, Nick Foles never played in the Super Bowl before, and he came out uh, guns blazing in that game. And Clayton Thorson never played in the preseason game before, and he came out um, really not knowing what to do, just kind of running in circles. Um So, yeah, and it's I don't really I agree. I don't understand the pick or I didn't understand the pick. And you would think this is the same team that drafted Jalen Mills in the sixth round, Um, sixth round or seventh round, seventh. Yeah, seventh round. And um, he ended up being one of the best cornerbacks on the Super Bowl team. You would think that they know you can get a good player in the fifth round. Like, it's not like, oh, it's the latter part of the round or the draft. It's our last pick. We have to take a quarterback. I know um, Jeffrey Lurie really wanted a quarterback in the draft, but I think of how Roseman said, oh, we got this position player, we got this cornerback, or we got this linebacker, whoever, and we really think he can help us win. At the end of the day, that's what matters most. Clayton Thorson right now is not going to help this team win. Um, he's frankly not going to be on the team in general. So I think in the grand scheme of things, in retrospect, um, it would have made so much more sense to take a flyer on a different guy because I'm sure I, – I guarantee – in this draft, there's going to be a guy and that came that was picked after Thorson, and we say, why didn't they take him? He he would have been so much more viewed than Clayton Thorson. So it is what it is. Um, obviously, you got to live with what you got. Um, you can't really go back in the past and change it. But um, yeah, I think it's not too surprising what we saw with Thorson. Um, it's disappointing, but um, yeah, I wouldn't really expect too much more from him. He he'll probably clean it up a little bit probably get that completion percentage up, but he's not gonna be a guy that's obviously gonna come out and start throwing seventy percent, throwing seventy five yard touchdowns to Mark and Michelle. So yeah, there's really not much there. And it's uh pretty disappointing that it's kind of going in this direction for him.
0: Yeah, and I'm just glad that there's not a lot of pressure for him to be good and to make the team. They have Carson Wentz, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have Nate Sudfeld, one of the best backups in the league. Um, obviously, he's going to be out for a couple weeks, like we mentioned, but Cody Kessler is capable enough to step into that role. And it's not like they needed uh, Clayton Thorson to even be on the team in the first place. So he was pretty much just drafted to see um, is he capable enough to be on the practice squad or a third quarterback on the roster if we keep three. So uh, at least... I mean, trying to look at the positive side, at least he was not expected to make the team in the first place, wasn't expected to step into a backup role immediately. So um, take that as you will. It probably is going to be a wasted draft pick, like Logan said. You could have went on, went for another guy, um, even an undrafted free agent like TJ Edwards. I would have liked that pick a lot more, and he mm-hmm. went undrafted. So, um, But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, you can only hope for that. He uh, improves later in the preseason. But switching over to the defensive side of the ball, the guys that really showed out, um, we saw a lot of the starters start in the first couple of plays. Um, we got Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, and Avante Maddox starting at cornerbacks. Um, but the defensive back that stood out to me the most throughout the game was Andrew Sendejo. He played early on, had a couple, he had a pass breakup, um, really good coverage, and. He showed that you know he deserves a spot on this team. There's a lot of uh, great players at the safety position this season, but uh, I think he really helped himself and helped his case to make the roster with that performance in Week One.
1: Yeah, I think he. Um, I don't, I never thought it was a legitimate thing, but I think he finally put the rest. Of the whole cut him to save the fourth round compensatory pick. Um, it, it he's been a really good corner uh, safety, and he showed again that he's a good safety. He made great plays, good tackler, made a good play on the ball at one point. So he he's kind of that perfect third safety for the Eagles to have, where if Malcolm Jenkins goes into the box, you can plug Sandejo at uh, Jenkins' normal spot um, and have him play in coverage, and then you have him paired next to Rodney Cloud. So he's kind of that guy that can do it all. And um, in the preseason, we he didn't play a ton just because I think it's even more clear the team... Is playing and keeping them and using him a lot. So, um, but what we saw, I mean, it's he's like I said, he's been a good player and he's still a good player, and he showed that um, he wasn't going against all the best uh, Titan players on offense, but he still showed that he's a good player and he will be of great use for them. A great pickup, and um, I definitely love him as a third safety. He'll, he'll have a really solid year in that role.
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely gonna make the roster now. I mean, it's early on, but. He's had a strong training camp, um, really good showing in the first preseason game and, and only limited snaps too. So hopefully he can get some more exposure in week two and week three and uh, really run away with that third safety role. Even if it's the fourth, um, I think he definitely makes this roster. So uh, great to see that. And uh, I want to touch on another defensive back that um, he wasn't fantastic, but he wasn't bad. And, you know, I didn't expect him to be even uh, a little bit good. It was Orlando Skandrick. The Eagles signed him in wake of uh, Craven LeBlanc missing some time with that foot injury. And he played mostly in the slot for this game against the Titans. And he didn't really get targeted that much. And sometimes when you don't get targeted, it means that you're having a good game. Obviously, uh, the quarterback wasn't picking on him too much and trying to expose him in the secondary. But there's one play that really stood out to me um and that was the pass deflection that he had he made a really good play on the ball uh leaping in front of the titans receiver and tipped it but unfortunately he just didn't get enough of his hand on the ball tipped it straight back into the receiver's hands but um all he did was made a good play on the ball it was unfortunate just like that rasul douglas play against the cowboys but uh you know when we talked about skandrick in the uh, past week or two on this podcast we said, you know, he might not be on the roster, but if he is, he knows what he's doing. And I think he had a pretty good showing and might fight for a roster spot uh, if something happens to another cornerback.
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely he's one of those guys where uh, he's I think if Cravon LeBlanc comes back healthy, he'll be pegged ahead of him. But I think um, if Skandrick is able to put together a good preseason, um, he'll have a good chance of making the team. I personally would like to see just a little bit more from him. I think he's, he's one of those guys where say he gets a big interception in the preseason. That'll really help his chances where we, we mentioned, um, with the Pumphrey, how with the pump return, I think, uh, or with a kick return, him taking it from out deep. I think, uh, Scantrick is in a some somewhat similar situation where if he makes an interception, that's going to be like the coach is saying, all right, like he made, he made a good play. We need playmakers on defense and he showed that he can do that. So, um, That'll give him a chance to um, be ahead of um, Craven LeBlanc. And also another thing, too, is I, I probably would bet Jalen Mills will start on the pup list, which means Skanchuk is probably going to make the team anyways in that situation. So he's, like we said, um, he's definitely a guy you can rely upon if it comes down to it. Um, uh, he definitely he did decent in the game. Like you said, he wasn't popping up a ton um, in terms of being talked about. But um, I, I would like to see him... Uh, kind of be a little more aggressive and make more plays if something comes his way um he can only control so much obviously obviously he can't make the quarterback throw to him but um if that situation comes he I w- I'd like to see him make the most of it
0: yeah i mean i didn't expect him to be a great quarterback in the first week of the preseason or in general because i mean he hasn't been fantastic in his whole career but um it's good to see that he's definitely capable of stepping into a role with this team, if need be, you know, he helped his case of making the roster and, um, you know, helping bring another versatile um, veteran defensive back into the group. So, I mean, I think it's a great sign with Orlando Scandrick and as you know, someone that wasn't really expected to make the team. So he's fighting for a spot and he put on a pretty good performance in week one. Not the best, not the worst. So I'm really going to watch out for him in the next a uh, couple of weeks and see how he does. But um, moving forward, another player that really stood out to me was LJ Fort, the linebackers. And he's another guy that is kind of like on the roster bubble because the linebacker group, uh, although camus Kruchet-Hill is going to be out for a little bit, it's pretty crowded in there. Zach Brown, Nigel Bradham, uh, Nate Gary, Paul Warlow. There's a lot of talent there. And he might be fighting for a roster spot, but I think he really put on a good performance for the Eagles um, with that linebacker group. He was he made a couple great athletic plays. He's not the most athletic linebacker out there, but he was uh, putting some good coverage on slot receivers like Adam Humphreys and uh, showed out on special teams as well, which he's definitely known for. So good things to see out of him, and I think he definitely helped his case to make this team.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys that has the upper hand compared to other players at that position. Um, all in all, he had a really solid night. He had that one play where he kind of blew coverage and had a missed tackle. But um, I mean, every player makes mistakes. Um, but yeah, I think like you mentioned special teams. I think that's what makes L.J. Four even more valuable to the Eagles because they're such a big team that keys so much upon a player having um ability in special teams and. For a player that's kind of on the cusp, if you have special teams value, you really help your chances at making the team. And L.J. Fort has that. He can, if he needs to start at linebacker, he can do that. And then if he needs to uh, play special teams on a punt or be on kick return, he's able to do that too. So he he definitely provides value in multiple spots for the team. And um, if he does what he uh, did in week one, I mean, he's going to make the team. He'll have a pretty good role with the team. He he won't start per se, um, but he definitely will. Uh, He made a good case for himself to have a nice role with the team. I think um, I'm pretty confident that he's going to make the 53-man roster and now I think it's kind of more just him doing as much as he can to get as many snaps as possible um, at linebacker because he's already going to get a decent amount at special teams, but I definitely also agree he had a really good night in uh, week one.
0: Yeah, I think think Fort's definitely solidified himself as a pretty good linebacker on this roster and he's probably going to make the team but going forward the way he plays I think is going to establish his role on the team if he's just going to be solely a special teams player um, which they've been missing since uh, Chris Maragos has been out but um, and he retired from the game but anyways um, LJ Fort if he plays really well then he could be the next linebacker in line or maybe even start a couple of games so I think going forward he's really got to continue to show out to see what his role is with this team and on this defense. Um, but another player that on the, the linebacker group that did pretty well was Zach Brown, and there's been a lot of questions about how he's been doing this offseason because you haven't really heard a lot about him. I see a lot of guys on Twitter asking the reporters, where is Zach Brown? How is he doing? Because a lot of people had high expectations for him. He's a tackling machine, and um, I think he did pretty well with the Eagles with his, in his debut he was uh, pretty good against the run and um blown up a couple plays. He's not gonna be um, you know, an all star or a pro bowl linebacker, but he he showed that he's gonna be capable of starting and they definitely need him to step into a bigger role with Camus grugier Hill out for a couple of weeks. So I was excited to see him finally play with the Eagles and I think I overall I did see some pretty good snaps out of him.
1: Yeah, Zach Brown kinda is in a summer boat to Andrew. Um, we know what he can do. Um, he just kind of has a few skeptic people to overcome. And, um, I mean, he, like you said, he's a great tackler, he's always been a great tackler. He has, I think, it's um, the second most tackles in the league at linebacker over the last three seasons behind just Bobby Wagner. So, that's that said alone. I mean, <laughs> obviously, there's only two guys in that conversation, he's one of them, so it shows what he's capable of doing. Obviously. I don't know if he would do that in Philly. I think I predicted though that he will lead the team in tackle. So we'll see. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, he, he had a good night. Um, he wasn't making these crazy flashy plays, but I mean that's what you get with the linebacker. He's not gonna be going around the field, um, spearheading all these guys and making these insane tackles. He's a solid linebacker. And I like, it's he you know what are gonna get from Zach Brown um back from what he did in Washington to coming to Philly uh, Philly now. You know that he's gonna be good against the run. You know that he's gonna do what you ask him to do so he all around he's a great player um so a guy for me that honestly stood the stood out the most and really helped their case the most was uh deshaun hall the defensive end he had six tackles um three of which were for a loss he also had two quarterback hits and a sack so i mean those numbers right there are great numbers especially for a guy that's really fighting for a roster spot granted if he did suffer a shoulder injury he came back and played but he is um day to day now with that injury but um if he continues to play like that, he's going to force, he's going to kind of force the team's hand to keep uh, five defensive ends because with Joe Osman out, there's that slot that opens up now where he couldn't make the roster along with Josh Sweat and they have five defensive ends. So um, that performance, I mean, he looked incredible that game. He was everywhere um, and he was constantly making plays. So I think uh, Deshaun Hall for sure helped himself the most. And um, he's really putting himself in a good position to be a good candidate to um, make one of those last few spots.
0: Yeah, him and Boston Scott were signed late in the season last year, and a months ago we mentioned on the podcast that you know they're not going to be stepping into a huge role with this team headed into the playoffs. But um, they were definitely going to be uh, have a bunch of eyes on them um, for the next year. Are they going to make the those uh, fifty three man roster for the next season? Right now, right in uh, twenty eighteen, they were just brought in as extra pieces uh, for depth because of injuries, but they could have really helped their cases. And I think Deshaun Hall, um, he didn't have a lot of action in 2018, but right now in the preseason week one, he had a great game. Like Logan said, uh, he was doing phenomenal things. And in a defensive end group that people are kind of skeptical about, including me with a depth, uh, he really solidified himself as a very good option. If the Eagles decide to keep him on the roster because um, after the starters, Derek Barnett and Brandon Grammick definitely falls off from there. Your next options are Vinnie Curry and uh Josh Sweat, but you got Sharif Miller and Des- Deshaun Hall fighting for a roster spot. And I think Hall definitely helped himself to make the team. And it's just promising not only to see that he wants to make the team, but he looks like he's going to be able to step into a pretty big role with this team if need be. You know, they like to rotate their guys in and out, and he's definitely going to see the field. Not a lot, but... uh a little bit and if he can produce with that a little bit then i would feel so much better about this defensive line as a whole
1: yeah he's one of those guys where if he does what he did this week um there's no way the team can deny him of a roster spot because he just he just looked too good all of around all around he really looked like a guy that they could use if brandon graham needs a breather he can come in and make a play or even just hold down the fort and make sure that no big plays go by while one of the starters are getting breaks so um he definitely had a great night. Um, I, I, I'd probably say he has a little bit more work to do just to guarantee he makes a team. Um, but he definitely took a great step in the right direction. And I, like I said, um, out of all the players, I think Deshaun Hall for sure, um, helped himself the most that, um, really getting himself in that conversation because for guys like him, that's really the main goal. You can't, you can't really force your way into making the team keep you, but, um, as long as you do what you do, um the team's gonna notice you and if they notice that you're working hard and making plays, they're gonna say, All right, this is a guy that we want on our team and then they'll eventually kinda lean towards you and then you'll get more and more opportunities and you get a chance to really uh get your way into the team. So um definitely uh Station Hall definitely created some great opportunities for himself.
0: Yeah, keeping with the topic of the defensive lineman, I really liked what I saw it of Josh Sweat. We talked about him in the, wow. our last podcast about standing out in training camp. He did add that weight, and he noticeably looked bigger uh, than last season. I'm sure a lot of fans noticed that, and Logan. I'm sure you noticed that as well. But just his arms and his body as a whole, you could tell he put on that extra weight, and he did pretty well. There was uh, there was good and bad with him, but as a um, his performance as a whole. I think he did pretty well, and he's kind of living up to the hype that he has. I would still like to see a little bit more action from him this preseason and hope that he uh, keeps up with that uh, constant pressure and um, hope that he definitely steps into a, a better position with this team because, like I said, the defensive end position, especially the depth, is lacking this year. And if you got guys like Josh Sweat and Deshaun Hall stepping into a bigger role, then... It's gonna look so much better when the Eagles finally get on the field because they won't have to keep guys like Derek Barnett out on the field longer.
1: Yeah, Josh uh, is one of those guys where he he. There's some good and some bad. Um, made some good plays and then sometimes he kind of just disappeared. One thing I noticed with him was in his pass rush. Uh, pass rush, he um, he's kind of doing like the same move every time and it wasn't really working. Um, so I, I would like to see him fix that. I think. I don't think he's really at risk of being cut just because the team knows what he's capable of doing and he's showing them that he's willing to put in the work, putting on all that weight uh, to become stronger. But, um, I mean, all in all, it was, uh, I think, I believe it was a pretty intermediate night for him. It wasn't, he didn't blow the doors off, um, with a great performance. He also didn't uh, lay an egg either, but, um, he, he'll have more chances over the rest of the preseason to really make plays. And, um, at least earn himself more snaps because like I said on things, he's at any risk of getting cut, but he can, he can either cost himself some playing time or he can earn himself some playing time. So he's one of those guys where he's going to either have to build upon what he did in week one, or he's going to risk um really not getting a ton of playing time, but uh, there's a lot of time for that to unfold.
0: Yeah. I hope he can definitely uh, show out a little bit more in training camp in the next couple of weeks. He has time to do it. Um, I think he definitely has a very good chance of making this roster and um, it wasn't like Logan said it wasn't a phenomenal performance, but there was definitely flashes of good um, in his performance in Week One of the preseason. So hopefully that continues. And one more player I want to touch on, um, and that played very well, was Hassan Ridgeway, guy that the Eagles traded their seventh round pick for, and uh, didn't really look like a flashy trade because it was a late round pick. But you know he might be making the roster now. He did suffer con- a concussion in the game, but. Early on in the game, he was taking on uh, big guards and centers in the middle of the offensive line, and he was beating them, pushing them down, and looked like a mini Fletcher Cox out there. He was playing very well, and uh, getting to the quarterback, I really liked what I saw in that limited amount of time before he went down with the injury. But uh, if he could come back strong from that injury and make the roster, then uh, this defensive tackle group is looking phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I I view Hassan Ridgeway as one of those guys who, He's probably going to make the team no matter what, but um, he does have to come back sooner rather than later with a concussion. Obviously with a concussion, you really need to be precautious and make sure that you're not rushing a guy too quickly back on the field. But at the same time, um, I do hope that he gets back soon because I would like to see him uh, just be able to build upon what he's done so far. Um, When the team traded for him, they knew that he was a good player and a guy that could contribute, Um, but he is competing against guys like Bruce Hector and Trayvon Hester. So, um, there there is some competition there for him. Um obviously Trayvon Hester had another blocked uh field goal attempt. Uh, so definitely kinda helping his case a little bit. Um in terms of guys that didn't really have as good of a night, the guy I point to most is uh Nate Jerry. So um he had um he he's one of those guys with Camus grugier Hill out. He can really give himself a good opportunity to become a starter. And instead he really didn't do too much. He wasn't making too many good plays. Notice he was kinda of blowing coverage a few too many times, so with performances like that, he's risking losing a, uh starting spot to a guy like LJ Fort, who had a phenomenal night. So um, he'll really have to build up um, or grow upon what he did from week one and show the team that he's still the same guy um, from the years past where Jim Schwartz pointed to him as a guy that they won games with. So he's going to show they're still capable of doing that. And that LJ Fort um, isn't the guy that they should lean to instead of him. So he definitely didn't have a great night, so he's going to have to improve um, in weeks to come.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too impressed what I saw of him. And he hasn't been a great player so far in his career, but he has been playing a role, and all of a sudden he's asked, asked to step into a bigger role, and the coaching staff has kind of had his back. Jim Short said that the Eagles have won multiple games with uh, Nate Gary as the starting linebacker. So there's a lot of confidence in him, but it really didn't show in this uh, first preseason game. So I hope he definitely gets more reps there and uh, more exposure, but you definitely got to give a guy like LJ Fort more exposure as well because he did outplay him and you got to see who's playing the best. Everybody in that linebacker group, uh, except for a couple of guys are in a a fight to play. Paul Warlow is coming back from his injury. He just practiced. So um, the the stakes are going to be pretty high and uh, there's the competition is going to be there. So they're not only fighting for that last starting spot, but they're fighting to be on the team.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another guy that I uh, don't really think had the best night was uh, Trey Sullivan. He, on consecutive plays, he got completely ran over by one of the Titans running backs. And then the very next play, he had completely blown coverage out loud, a pretty much wide-open touchdown on the back of the end zone. So Trey Sullivan's one of those guys who's right on the cusp of making the team because you have obviously Malcolm Jenkins, Ronnie McLeod, and Andrew Sandejo. So you have um, uh, Jonathan Cipri, and you have, like I said, Trey Sullivan. You have Blake Countess as well. So you have a number of guys who are all capable players and um are really it's those three fighting for pretty much one spot and Trey Sullivan making plays like that where Trey Sullivan's getting ran over by a running back while Jonathan Cyprian is five five out of five on tackle is playing pretty well in his first Eagles appearance so Trey Sullivan's gonna really have to build upon that he does have the advantage of he's been with the team before he knows the system he did have some success last year but um it's it's a new year, so he's gonna really have to show the team that that wasn't just um kind of a flashing pin and it's actually who he is as a player because he definitely didn't look as the same this time around, Grant mid his preseason, but he is I think he's fighting for a job, so um he I think he has to build upon what he did in week one because it really wasn't a good performance.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And another defensive back that I don't like what I saw was Jeremiah McKinnon and I saw pretty good things out of him so far in training camp and It just didn't translate. He did not have a good football game against the Titans, and I was kind of excited to see what he was going to bring to the table. He's not someone that's expected to make the roster because the cornerback position is so deep, and I mentioned Orlando Skandrick, the veteran presence, who might make the roster as well, but um, Jeremiah McKinnon just did not do well, and it's not helping his uh, chance to make the team because they were slim to start, but now it's just going down and down, and... um, I I was excited to watch him. I heard good things about him and I wanted to see that translate to the field. Even if he's not making a team, just someone that, uh, who's going to have a spot in the NFL somewhere because, um, you're not looking forward to these guys to just, you know, not have jobs. You want them to find their place somewhere, uh, not just get thrown around and just go from training camp to training camp. But Jeremiah McKinnon did not help himself at all. And I was disappointed. And, um, the the hype that he had around him and just kind of went away all within one night one night.
1: Yeah. Uh Jeremiah McKinnon is kind of one of those guys where he he does some good, does some bad. So he's one of those players where he's honestly best suited to be on the practice squad for a year. Um because there there is some potential there with him. He is a he does he is a cornerback who is capable of doing some good things. He just um kind of hasn't quite realized that potential yet. So I think if he's able to get a year on the practice squad, go against guys like Deshaun Jackson consistently, it's really going to help him grow more and more. Um, I, yeah, I definitely don't think he has any shot at making the roster. He never did. Even if he had a great preseason, I don't think that was quite going to be the case just because cornerback is pretty crowded, but, um, yeah, it wasn't the best performance. He did have six tackles, which is pretty good, but he also had a few plays where he just completely blew his coverage. I believe he allowed a touchdown as well. So, um, yeah, it wasn't the best night. So I think uh, the most beneficial thing for him is to get on the practice squad, really be able to just learn there and grow more and more. And um, hopefully um, next next season when now all these cornerbacks will be back because we've said before how a lot of the guys are on one-year deals. Hopefully that time around he's able to grow enough where the team can give him a chance to actually make the 53-man roster.
0: Yeah, great points there. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, there was good and there was bad in this game. Um, it's really all about evaluating these players and see who's going to make the team in the uh, in the end, because we still got some more football to play before the regular season kicks in. So some of these guys who didn't have a great game could come around and impress everyone. And some guys that surprised in the first week uh, could fall off a little bit. So just keep your eye out. Uh, but right now, this is what we're looking at. And these are the guys that are playing well and not playing so well, but Before we wrap this podcast up, there's two short topics we want to touch on real quick, which we will get to after this ad. And so uh, the other day, the Eagles traded offensive lineman Ryan Bates for uh, defensive lineman Eli Harold. And uh, shout out to Logan here. He uh, pulled some stats on Eli Harold. In 2018, Brandon Graham had over 72% of the Eagles' snaps on defense, and Eli Harold had 185 uh, percent, but they still had uh, both four sacks. So, the Eagles are getting a pretty decent player out Eli Harold. I'm excited to see him play in preseason, but um, it's not like the Eagles are just giving up Ryan Bates for nothing. Uh, they got a pretty decent player, and uh, hopefully, he can you know add some competition to this defensive end group.
1: Yeah, Eli Harold was one of those guys where. He was drafted in the third round, so um, I believe it was the 49ers that drafted him. They hoped that he would be a guy that could be of good use, but really didn't work out. Uh, he then went to the Lions, um, did pretty well, and then he was with the uh, Bills. And um, like yeah, like I mentioned in that tweet, he had four sacks, so there's clearly something there for him. Uh, so I think if he gets in the system, um, hopefully it works well enough for him to thrive in it because the Eagles must know – that there's something there with Eli Harold. if they're trading for him to get him in the system because, like I said, he's one of those guys where there's potential there. He just hasn't put, put it together yet. Um, so I'm definitely uh, looking forward to see what he's able to do there. He does have some competition with Josh and Deshaun Hall to make the team, but yeah, like I mentioned that tweet, four sacks on 18% of snaps. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I, if you give him more time, it's only going to be more sacks. Obviously, sacks isn't the only thing. Uh, you can measure a guy and he only had 10 tackles on uh, last season. So it wasn't like he was blowing the doors off every game, completely uh, dominating teams. And I think two of those sacks came in uh, only one game against the Patriots. So he wasn't consistently being great, but he, um, like I said, there is potential there. So it's an interesting move. And um, he, I think he'll have a chance in preseason to prove himself and maybe have a chance at making the roster.
0: Yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere because the uh, Eagles just signed a defensive end in wake of Joe Osmond going on the IR. So they're kind of stockpiling this defensive end depth to create more competition going into the regular season. So getting him on the field in preseason is going to be super important to see um, not only if Josh Sweat and Deshaun Hall are going to keep up their uh, good performances, but see how Eli Harrell is going to do and see if he deserves a spot on the roster as well. And uh, one last topic I want to touch on is... With the Nate Sudfeld injury, it's definitely concerning to put a quarterback out there in the preseason. You got guys on the opposing defenses that are fighting for roster spots. They might, you know, push a little too hard, fight after the whistle and, you know, put a late hit on a quarterback like what happened with Nate Sudfeld and injure a quarterback. And there's a lot of talk about if Carson Wentz should play in the preseason um, whether it be one drive, one quarter, or nothing at all. So I think it's important to touch on this and see our opinions on if Carson Wentz is going to, if he should play at all in the preseason. Uh, after we saw it, Nate Sudfeld, Logan, what do you think?
1: Um, Yeah, it's tough because, you know, on one hand, he hasn't played a football game since December, so you want him to get out there and be comfortable. And then on the other hand, you need to protect your quarterback. I'm not even worried about the fact that he's had injuries in the past because it's not like Nate Sutfeld was an injury-prone guy. Carson Wentz is an injury-prone either. He's just gotten lucky a few times. So, I mean, it's a tough decision for the team to make, but um, I, I don't think Carson Wentz will play. I don't think he should play in the preseason just because, for example, week three, they're going to be doing um a full week of practice against the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best defenses in football. And um that alone there is a great opportunity for him to – um, really see not not just his defense, but play against a different defense and one of the best in the league. So, I think when you have opportunities like that, it just doesn't make sense to send him out there and risk it because that's all you need is to, ha- to really put your eggs into the basket of Carson Wentz, and then you put him out there for a meaningless preseason game, even though you already know what he's capable of doing, and then he gets hurt. And then all of a sudden, your entire hopes and dreams of winning a Super Bowl this year are just down the drain over a meaningless games. So, I think um, I would I would love to see him on the field, but I just don't think it makes sense to play him. The risk is not worth the reward. And um, either way, Carson Wentz will be ready to go week one. So I just, he's not going to gain that much from pre from the preseason. He he knows the system. He's past the point of learning the offense. Now it's more just playing the game and winning football games. So I think, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it should happen either.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I don't want him to go on the field at all in preseason because you don't want to risk that injury and, Another thing to point out is I would only feel comfortable with Carson Wentz stepping on the field only if the full starting offensive line is out there. And that's a big task to ask for because we just saw today that Lane Johnson has a lower body injury. He's going to be week to week. It's not going to—it's not significant. He's going to be ready week one, but he's not going to be ready to go in the preseason or if they wanted to push him to play just so Carson Wentz can get out there. Uh, you're risking a re-injury out of Lane Johnson and you're not going to get his best. So really not worth it there. And then you got guys like Jason Peters especially, but also Jason Kelsey who are older, and you don't really want them to you know, go hard in preseason. You want to save all their energy for the regular season. Um, obviously, you can put Andre Dillard in there, but although he did play well, I just don't have enough trust in him to take that spot and protect Carson Wentz just for a preseason game. It's not worth it. Um, Brandon Brooks still isn't 100%. He has been at training camp Um but you don't want to force a re-entry with him coming off the Achilles injury. So really, there's a lot of pieces that have to come together. And also, um, I'm sure Wentz would like to see a couple of his starting receivers out there. And we don't know if we're going to see Alshon or Deshaun Jackson out there in the preseason yet. So he'd be throwing to uh, lower-level receivers who might not create the separation. Wentz might be holding on to the ball a little bit too long and take a couple sacks, and that's not what we need. So there's just too much that goes into it Um, just so that the fans get the satisfaction of Wentz playing. He's He's been doing very well in training camp so far. He's going against a good defense, and like Logan mentioned, he's going to be going against the Ravens' defense. So he's going to have a lot of exposure, um, even if he's not stepping onto the field in preseason. So he'll be ready to go. It's just not worth the injury, and I hope the Eagles don't send him out uh, in the preseason at all.
1: Yeah, for sure, and... I think the biggest concern about not playing the preseason is potential growing pains and week one, they have the Redskins. I mean, no offense to the Redskins, but they're not going to go into Lincoln financial field and really give the Eagles a super big run for their money. Even if Carson went struggles in the first quarter, I think he's still going to be able to do enough to win the game. And I don't even think he's going to struggle at all. Just because like I said, um, they have that practice with the Ravens where you'll have that all week and he's going against the Eagles defense as well. So yeah, he'll be ready to go. Um, I think Doug Peterson is um, kind of mimicking the same thing. I think he wants to say it without saying it, but I don't think they have any plans of playing Carson Wentz, just like they don't have any plans of playing guys like Alshon Jeffrey and um, Jason Peters and Lane Johnson, even though he's hurt. I don't think they really – we've seen years past teams make it to the Super Bowl by being healthy enough from not playing guys in the preseason. So it it's kind of gone to the point where I think the entire NFL realizes, like, it's just not worth it if you're if your guys are ready and um you're confident what they can do and they're comfortable with the system. It, you it's more beneficial to just practice every day and really getting good work instead of going against guys who, like you said, that are hungry to make the team and kind of maybe out for some blood. So yeah, it it's just not worth it to play Carson Wentz in the preseason because you need him out there. Um, you want him out there and you you don't win the Super Bowl in the preseason. You win by having guys there in the regular season. So that's pretty much the main gist of it. And yeah, so it doesn't make sense for him to play in the preseason.
0: Yeah, definitely. The reps that Wentz could have taken are now going to be able uh, to be taken by Cody Kessler and Clayton Thorson, who are fighting to make the roster uh, now with that Nate Sudfeld injury. So you want to see more and more out of them than Carson Wentz. It would be phenomenal to see Carson Wentz out there. Um I really want to see him back on the field as soon as possible, but just not worth it and you want to make sure that Kessler and Thorson um, one of the two are ready to make the team obviously we have some uh, critical things about Thorson so far in his debut but uh, hopefully Cody Kessler can take those reps and walk away with the quarterback three position and make this final roster but it's super important to get everyone else their reps the backup offensive line and the uh, backup receivers everyone's fighting for a spot that was playing or mostly everyone on the offense uh, playing last game was fighting for a spot. So give them the reps, let the starting offense uh, rest a little bit and get all their work in practice. I, I'm fully okay with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's more important to see what the depth is capable of doing than making sure the guys that you've seen for the last few years uh, perform, make sure that they can still do it. You know they can still do it. So, yeah, I, I'd much rather see guys like Mark and Michelle running the field with Cody Kessler, then seeing Carson Wentz bomb it to Deshaun Jackson in a meaningless game. So yeah, it's, it's all about the depth right now. There's no point to play the starters in any way, shape or form.
0: Yeah. Great points there. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to this podcast about the first preseason game. We saw good, we saw bad, but we're always looking forward to the next game, see who's going to perform well and uh, who might hurt their stock a little bit more. So uh, be on the lookout for their next game. And Uh, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review and uh, be sure to tune in next time for some more birds banter. So until next time, go birds.